0: Hello, and welcome to Radical Candor, a podcast from Panoply and Gretchen Rubin's Onward Project about how not to hate the boss you have or be the boss you hate. I'm Russ Laraway, co-founder of Candor, Inc., and career-long operational manager across the Marines, Google, and Twitter.
1: And I'm Kim Scott, also co-founder of Candor, Inc., former executive at Google and Apple, and CEO coach at Twitter, Dropbox, and a bunch of other great companies. I'm also the author of Radical Candor. Today's episode is dedicated to taking feedback well. Back in Episode 7, we talked about how to get feedback, and we gave you some tips for a process to use to solicit feedback from others. I remember that. It was pretty good, I thought. But once you've gotten the feedback, how can you make the most of it? There's two things you can do. One, you want to make sure the person feels not just heard, but rewarded for giving it so that you'll get more in the future. And two, you want to take the feedback and fix problems that have been brought to your attention so that you actually improve as a result of the feedback. These are the fundamental pieces of taking feedback well, and that's what we'll be talking about today.
0: Yeah, really, really exciting episode for me. Throughout the episode, we'll share stories about times when we failed and succeeded at taking feedback well. We'll give you an approach for those times when you don't agree with the feedback that you've received, and we'll share specific tips for taking feedback well. So let's get started.
1: Topic number one, stories about receiving feedback. We probably all remember a time when we received feedback and got defensive. This is totally natural, but it's not productive. Russ, you have a story like this that's pretty recent.
0: Last week, when we were recording a couple of episodes, I had a story that I wanted to tell about a couple of managers. And it turned out that the way the story unfolded was that these two managers fell into some very traditional gender stereotypes. Uh, the male manager was very aggressive about the numbers. And the female manager was, I actually use the word, "denmom." mom. And so we got through the story. And you specifically started talking about maybe we should change the genders around, right, so that we don't talk about these obvious and basic gender stereotypes and for a bunch of reasons i didn't I didn't like it. Uh, I thought we were a little pressed for time, turned out we weren't, but in the moment, it seemed like we were going to be pressed for time. I'd also thought about the stories in a lot of detail, and frankly, I just thought I was going to have trouble telling it by changing around the genders I just
1: well, and, and to be fair to you, I often like to change things up at the last minute and, and sort of be Captain Chaos. So maybe I was having a little Captain Chaos moment.
0: Yeah. And all of those things can be true. And it doesn't change the fact that I I could sense actually, I could sense that my body language got really bad. I knew it. I got hunched over. You'd mentioned in a previous episode that I'm not a scowler. I know I was scowling. You
1: were annoyed. Because I, I
0: didn't want to redo it. I really didn't want to redo the right. story. And I think on self-reflection afterward, there were two things I I think you were trying to achieve by giving the feedback. One was making the show better, right? If we don't have to touch a nerve about a gender stereotype, then let's not touch a nerve. And number two is to protect me a little. Right. So that, you know, the gender police, you know, don't come and take me away and, and, and call me some sort of. Uh, ant- well,
1: you're you're actually very sensitive to these issues and you deserve credit for being sensitive to them.
0: Yeah, thanks. And so you had really good objectives in giving the feedback. And really, in the end, it was just about my reaction, which was pretty closed off. Uh, through body language and even through the way I was having the conversation with you, it was just clear I didn't want to do it. And I'm not sure in hindsight if we should have changed them or not changed them. But what I know is that I didn't react well because I had a bit of a defensive reaction and my threat response surged. One of the ways I think about this taking feedback better is I kind of just want to be a little more like you. Um <laughs> I mean not in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like I don't want to leave my sneakers everywhere.
1: Yeah. Um, dirty dishes all over the Yeah, I don't want to leave
0: my dirty dishes all over the office stuff like that, but in terms of taking feedback well, no hyperbole, I am not sure I've worked with someone in my career who's better at that than you and I cannot because I know it is far more normal to have a defensive reaction and I'll guess somewhere in your brain you often have a defensive reaction, but gosh, you get over it really fast and are able to get to the useful part of feedback really quickly. I just don't know how you do it.
1: I'm very lucky. Uh, I owe it all to Granny Alice. So my grandmother had three sisters and they often said of her, if you really want to know, as in If you really want to know if your butt looks big in those pants or whatever, go ask Alice because she'll tell you what she really thinks. So she was known for saying what she really thought, but she was also a loving person. She said it because she wanted you not to wear the pants if your butt looked big in the pants, right? And I remember one time I was young. I was probably the age my kids are now. I was probably in second grade. And my grandmother criticized me. She accused me of actually having told a lie, which, in fact, I hadn't told a lie. So I had the double defensive reaction, one, of having been accused of lying, and two, it was a false accusation. So
0: That's a tough one. Yeah,
1: I was very angry at her. I remember she sat me down and she told me that if I could listen to criticism that people gave me and I could learn something from it, that I would fix mistakes and I would be a better human being. So in this case, actually, I hadn't lied, but it did kind of look like I had lied. Once she explained that to me, I could see why she thought I had lied. And I remember I had all my great revelations of childhood on my parents' toilet. I remember going to the bathroom and... I, by the
0: way, I yeah. still... <laughs> I still do.
1: It's really, it's productive time. But anyway, <laughs> I can remember vividly sitting there in my parents' bathroom and really thinking about what Granny Alice had said and realizing she was right. And I was really going to try to listen and understand when people criticized me. And it has been helpful.
0: You hit the metaphysical lottery by being Granny Alice's yeah, granddaughter, yeah, I think, we, on that one. Yeah.
1: Thank you, wherever you are, Granny. I appreciate your advice to me. Do
0: you think my butt looks big in these jeans, Kim?
1: <laughs> No, I think okay. those jeans are awesome.
0: Awesome. All right. Thanks for that excellent story, Kim. Now you our listeners, we want you to tell us about the times when you received really impactful feedback that helped you make a change for the better. Email us at podcast at or leave us a voice message at 2626Candor. Now let's switch gears a little bit, Kim, and talk about what to do if you don't think the feedback you're getting is right. If you're getting feedback often, and hopefully you are, it's likely that you won't always agree with the feedback. I mean, look, not all feedback is right.
1: Absolutely. Reacting to feedback is not a thank you, sir, may I have another kind of situation. We talked in episode seven about our process for soliciting feedback, and we mentioned the final step, reward the candor. You've got to show that you appreciated the person giving you the feedback, and ideally you want to act on it if you agree with it. But reward the candor does not mean saying thank you and accepting something that you disagree with. That would hardly be radical candor, would it?
0: So I guess to get into this a little bit, if you disagree, make sure to take your time in responding. Get yourself maybe out of that moment. Give yourself some time to really reflect on the feedback and to figure out what you disagree with and what you might even agree with. It's really important when you disagree not to be defensive about that. It's important to just be sort of matter of fact almost and think about it analytically. And remember, take it as an opportunity in that moment where you're disagreeing, demonstrate that you care personally.
1: Another important thing is to find some little piece of what they said that you can agree with. Because just as my grandmother, even though I disagreed vehemently with her that I had lied because I hadn't lied, there was a piece of what she was telling me that I needed to pay attention to, which was it sure looked like I had lied.
0: I had a case where one of my direct reports one time had actually accused me of basically stealing credit for his work.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's the last thing you would ever do.
0: I go the exact opposite way. I mean, I'm like the town crier for my direct reports and the great work that they do. That accusation really stung. I I actually almost cried. Wow. I can't remember ever crying at work. I think I still haven't, but I almost did. It really upset me because, you know, two parts. One, the accusation didn't feel good, but also somehow I'd done something to make this guy feel this way. And in the end, while there was nothing to agree with, there was no credible case to be made that I was stealing credit for the guy's work. The reality was that I I looked at it and I said, what is it that I'm doing, though? Am I communicating in some way? What is it that's causing him to think this? And so what I decided to do was to try to understand that, like, where is this coming from? Right. Yeah.
1: Where's this misperception coming from? Yeah. Rather than attacking the misperception. Yeah.
0: There's no point in attacking the misperception. This is a long term relationship I have to have with this guy. And I got curious about where it was coming from. There's always something in feedback, even when you completely it was factually inaccurate. Yeah. But there was something I could change and improve that would help make this misperception go away.
1: Right. So such a good story. I think as Krista Quarles, the CEO of Open Table, says, you've got to follow the 5% rule. Even if you disagree vehemently with 95% of what was just said to you, look for that 5% that you can agree with. And that's going to help you let go of your defensive reaction.
0: Yeah. Look, disagreeing. With feedback is okay. I do think that you should take the time to explain to the other person exactly why you disagree. You know, offer your rationale for that. This is you moving up on the challenge directly axis. It's okay. Be matter of fact. Don't be defensive as we discussed. But really do explain, look, I thought about it and here's why I disagree.
1: Exactly. Remember, feedback is a gift. But if somebody bought you a shirt in the wrong size, you're not obligated to wear it, right? You can change it out for the right size.
0: Yeah, let's get the right size.
1: Actually, I was talking with Gretchen Rubin recently about how sometimes it's really important to reject feedback. Gretchen is always such a font of wisdom. And she sent me an example of a writer who said that he was being urged to put more rhyme in his writing, But he realized that he's not a poet. He was a prose writer, and he just needed to avoid rhyme. And so Hmm. sometimes somebody will point out to you that you're bad at it. So somebody once pointed out to me, I was bad at dialogue, and I was not sure if I should try to improve my dialogue. And I realized, no, what I should do is just avoid it and describe the scene.
0: That makes an awful lot of sense. It's almost like playing to your strengths and playing away from your weaknesses. Exactly. Being aware of that stuff. Awesome. So remember that you don't always have to agree with feedback, but you should still show you appreciate that the person told you what they thought. All right. Now it's time for this week's candor checklist. We've got some specific tips you can start using right away to take feedback better.
1: Tip number one, remind yourself that feedback is a gift. Hopefully, by listening to our podcast, you've become convinced of the truth of this. Reminding yourself that feedback is a gift will help you prepare your mind, will help you get in the right mindset and sort of buckle up, gird yourself against the defensive reaction. Buckle up. Buckle up. Uh, put on your thick skin suit. Feedback will help you improve. If you can take it as a gift, you're going to long for it. You're going to really want it.
0: Totally agree with that idea, Kim, that feedback is a gift and you should treat it as such. Okay, tip number two, ask for feedback one to two times per week. This helps you to control when you get it so that you're more likely to be in the right mindset that we mentioned above. Now, of course, that does not mean that when you get feedback... That you weren't prepared for, that you have the right to stomp away and act like a child. It just means that you have a chance to be in a little bit better mindset, ready to hear some
1: feedback. And also, you want to ask for it one to two times a week of different people. You don't want to ask the same person, got any feedback for me? Got any feedback for me? Do I suck? Do I suck less? Do I suck more? Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you you want to, you know, be conscious of not driving people crazy.
0: Absolutely, and and look, by asking and receiving for feedback more frequently, you will get more comfortable receiving it. My son is a competitive gymnast, and I don't know how many people that listen to the podcast are familiar with gymnastics, but a gymnast fails hundreds of times before they succeed. And what this looks like at practice is they'll run down the vault mat, they'll hit the springboard, they'll go over the vault table, they'll land on the mat. They will immediately turn to their coach, look at the coach. The coach will say something like, oh, you held your hollow too long. The gymnast will nod, run back, try to do it again to incorporate the feedback. It's fascinating to me that there's no defensiveness. It's frustrating. They are failing hundreds of times before they succeed. And every single time they just look at the coach, they nod, they take the feedback on board and they try to execute. I'm convinced that it's a function of because they're constantly seeking it they're effectively the gymnast asks for it when they turn to the coach and look at the coach that that creates a, a little culture where feedback is just the norm everybody knows the criticism is there to help you get better and they just run back and they try to implement it the very next repetition okay enough about gymnastics let's move on to tip three don't get mad get curious repeat this mantra in your head over and over approach the feedback with questions and not defensiveness. I promise you that this practice really helps you stay out of the threat response and gets you into the problem-solving mode. It also helps you not to respond immediately with your generally emotional reaction, as we talked about before, taking a little time. But instead, you'll show up focused on understanding what the person is trying to tell you.
1: Yeah, what you want to do is you're trying to sort of Move away from your lizard brain towards your higher cognitive abilities. And and curiosity is not a lizard brain kind of thing.
0: Don't get mad, get curious. Don't get mad get curious. Don't get remind yourself in your brain and that'll help you change your mindset just like that.
1: Cool. Tip number four, schedule a time when you're gonna follow up. You wanna make sure that the person feels again, not only heard, but that you're taking action, that they weren't wasting their breath. Scheduling a time will also hold you accountable for actually making improvements based on the feedback. If you know you have a meeting coming up and you've done nothing, it's more likely (laughs) likely to prompt you to do at least something before that meeting.
0: Yeah. Cool. So to summarize, tip number one is remind yourself that feedback is a gift.
1: Tip number two, ask for feedback one to two times a week.
0: Tip number three, the mantra, don't get mad, get curious.
1: Tip number four, schedule a time to follow up.
0: We've got a couple great articles on our blog that will help you more with this. So make sure to check out those links in the show notes for the episode. The show notes for all our episodes are available at RadicalCandor.com slash podcast.
1: And that's it for Radical Candor this week. Our producers are Kristen Meinzer and Jennifer Lai. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply and to Elise Lockhart at Candor, Inc. Our theme song is written and performed by Cliff Goldbacher.
0: Please, please, please let us know what you think of the show and share your stories and challenges with us. You'll find us on Twitter at Candor. Our email address is podcast at radicalcandor.com, and our website is, of course, radicalcandor.com.
1: Check out the Candor Coach iOS app in the App Store to get help putting the ideas in this podcast into practice. And pick up a copy of the Radical Candor book, available in a hardcover ebook and audiobook.
0: If you like the show, please help us spread the word. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app so you automatically get each new episode. Don't forget to leave us a rating or a comment wherever you subscribe. It really helps other people discover our show.
1: I'm Kim Scott.
0: And I'm Russ Laraway.
1: We'll talk to you next time.
0: Thanks for listening.